Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. All righty. So we're, we're, you could have what you say. And so we need to say this, some things. Amen? Amen. We need to say some things. I, I know we don't talk about it as often as we used to, but I'm telling you, this is one biblical truth. It's one biblical truth that has changed my life forever. And I live by it. I believe in the power of our words. I don't think enough of us do. <laughs> um, I was listening. Don't judge me, but I was listening to, um, I think I'm saying, saying them right. BGs, yeah. the BGs. Um, I was listening. I, I was, I just got turned on to them. I, like where they been all my life, but I've heard them. I just didn't know who they were. But anyway, long story short, there's a um, there's a song called I guess Stand Alive, and it it I was we were singing some of the songs because on Spotify the words come up. You can have it come up, and so the word I was singing, and I was like, oh, I'm not saying that, <laughs> and, and, and I'm just so mindful of my words that I'm very careful of what I say and what I sing. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm not just surviving. I'm more than a conqueror, right? Even if I feel like I'm just surviving, I'm not going to say I'm just surviving. And so I'm going to make my confessions of faith, and I'm going to say what God says, even in the songs that I sing. You know, just because you hear something that sounds good and, and you've been looking, you know, um, you know, been singing it all your life doesn't necessarily mean if we really believe that every word that we say has an effect on our lives, we'll be careful of it, right? Yes. So I'm very, very careful of what I say. <laughs> Even when, if the doctor diagnosed my, my children or myself or my wife with something, I don't necessarily echo it. But I'll say, this is what they said, but this is what I say. By the stripes of Jesus, you're healed from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. But, you know, I'm not denying that the problem exists, but I'm denying its power over me. Yes. Amen. I'm removing the sting of it. I'm removing its power by saying what God says. And so I want to continue to encourage you to keep saying what God says. Keep saying it, even when you don't see it. We've been making our confessions for, I think, at least a few years. We're going to keep saying it until it manifests. I, um, we, there's a song by Kenton Jones called Breakthrough. It's on this album called Power. And, and from time to time, I play it for the boys. And there's a song called, um, there's a lyric called, I declare my dreams manifest. I declare my prayers manifest. And so just yesterday, Declan was in the um, bathroom. I think he was brushing his teeth. He says, I declare my dreams manifest. <laughs> Amen. If kids can learn the bad stuff, they can learn, you know, Good stuff, too. Amen? Amen. Amen. So that's just a little plug. We keep saying what God says, even when you don't feel like it. Keep declaring it. Keep saying it, because you'll see it. God said it before he saw it. And if we'll keep saying it, we'll see it. Amen. Amen. If we'll keep saying it, we'll see it. Keep declaring. If you got some habits that you need to break, some bad habits, declare yourself free from those bad habits. I declare myself free. Give you a side story. You've heard, some of y'all heard the story before, but I don't want to assume that you have. Um, have a, a, a cousin who's more like a cousin, aunt, and mother, all mixed up in one. She's actually my second cousin. She's around my mom's age, I believe, or close to it. So she's my mom's first cousin, and she's my second cousin. But she treats me like her little brother, her, her little son, and her little cousin. So all three in once. Anyway. And so when she got born again, she, she wanted to give herself to the Lord. I was out in Oklahoma. She called me on the phone, and I, I prayed with her to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And she says, I have a, I have a habit that I, I can't seem to break. And that habit, two habits was, one, she smoked Newport. Newport's, is that what you call them, Newport's? Newport cigarettes. Newport cigarettes. I haven't been around them in a long time. <laughs> and then she also smoked marijuana all the time. Okay. <clears throat> She said the Newports were actually easier than, um, well, marijuana was actually easier to give up than the Newports. 
And so she's like, I don't know how to get free. I fasted and I, I prayed. And so I told her every time she took a puff to declare herself free from it. So as she took that Newport, I'm free from you in Jesus' name. And she kept saying it about two weeks, along with some fasting, she broke it. And she's been free for over 20 years because she declared it. I'm telling you, some things will not break unless you speak to it. Sometimes we want God to do what God has given us to do. Amen. So, so God told us to speak to the mountain. You know, sometimes we talk to God about the mountain, but we need to talk to the mountain about our God. Our God is big. Our God is awesome. And I speak to you and I declare that I'm free from you. I've lived my whole life like that. Amen. At my former church, they used to call me Mr. Confession around the office because I was declare stuff. And I got in trouble a couple times because I just dared to believe that we have what we say. Even among my friends who totally denounces what I believe, I, I say, I will not say that. I will not give up with that. Amen? Amen. Amen. I just, so just an exhortation about speaking. You can have what you say when you doubt not in your heart. Does that mean that you go around saying, you claiming somebody's else other things? No, I'm saying you say what God says. No matter what's going on. I declare myself free. I declare myself debt free. I call myself free from um, um, bad habits. I declare myself free to, to eat right. Come on. I declare myself free from procrastination. I, I declare that I'm a diligent worker, that the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow with it. I now, I can't, I can't control what other people are saying, but I can control what I'm saying. So I don't have the authority over other people outside of my household. Y'all do understand that, right? You, if somebody up there saying they're going to die, you might as well get ready for a funeral. <laughs> I mean, you can declare, I, I call you healed, I call you. But if they're saying that they're going to die, then that's what God is going to honor. That's what's going to come to pass in their life. And so I don't have the authority to change their trajectory, but I have the authority to change my trajectory as well as my children. Amen. And when, once they grow up of age, then they have what they say in their lives. Right. And so no longer do I have authority in their lives when they get out of my house and under my dominion. But as long as they're there, you will do right. You will think right. You will believe. Come on. Come on. That, that's what you got to say. That's what you got to say. I don't even know why I'm on here because I have a whole lot more the other things that I'm going to share. But I want to encourage you to keep saying what God says. Keep declaring yourself free. I declare myself free. I declare that I'm a, a mouthpiece for God. My mom said to me recently, um, I just was in denial about your speech impediment. Um, your speech problem. I had a bad speech problem growing up. I couldn't say the and the and milk. For a long time, for years, I couldn't say milk. I would say milk. <laughs> and I just couldn't say it. I couldn't get words together. And the therapist, the speech therapist, gave up on me. <laughs> and I said, but I believe through prayer and through the confession of the word that I'm able to be a pastor and preach. <laughs> it's just the grace of God, right? I'm a display of the grace of God for a long time. I, I, I would get so mad sometimes because I couldn't express what I felt and how, you know, I couldn't say certain words, and I would get embarrassed, and I was just like, just forget it. <laughs> forget about it, <laughs> you know? And, and, and I just would get frustrated. For a long time, I would just be quiet, not because I was, well, I was shy, but because I just couldn't say it. But guess what? The Lord has changed that. And I believe it's through the confession of the word of God. Amen. Amen. So, so I want to encourage you. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. A couple years ago, I was, I was really sick. I couldn't, you know, some of y'all remember I could barely get through a message because my lungs, my airways, and I kept saying that I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. And even, even though snuff was coming out and, and I couldn't breathe and three quarters of my sinuses um, were blocked. And I kept saying I'm healed. And the, the um, Vance ENT says, I don't even know how you're breathing right now. I'm just like, I have what I say. I can breathe freely. Amen. And I just want to encourage you. That's all. I'm just trying to exhort you, encourage you to say what God says and be careful of your words. Don't go around saying anything. Don't echo the devil's words. Echo God's words over your life. 
You can change. God clearly showed us in Genesis 1 how to create our world through the words that we speak. He was not just displaying the narrative of the creation, but he was telling us how to write our narrative. Amen. Hope you got something out of that. All right, it's time to go home. <laughs> Let's go. We're going to talk about, we're going to continue about spiritual appraisal. After today, we'll have two more sessions on this wonderful subject. And, I, and then after that, we are going to talk about holy habits or habits of grace. We're going to talk about some seven spiritual disciplines. And at the beginning of the year, we're going to talk everything from prayer to the word to giving to resting to worship. All right. So that's what we're going to do at the top of the year. But we have two more sessions after this. The next one is spiritual praise. I don't know the name of it, but we're going to deal with the incarnation. That's next week. And the week of the last Sunday of the year, we're going to talk about the spiritual appraisal, maximizing your time, maximizing the time. And we're going to, but today we're going to continue talking about children. How many know children are important to the Lord? God, there's something about children that God loves. God loves the children. You, you, know, you know, you have a person that just say, oh, he loved the children. They love the children. God really loves the children. He, he has a special heart for children. And children ministry is important. Now, nowadays we have where people, we have a place where children can be ministered to. <laughs> I believe that that is just the icing on the cake. And we have to train our children to sit and hear the word. I remember growing up, you know, kids were crying. And, and some people is bothered by that. But I want to encourage you, when you see a struggling mother with her kids or a struggling father with, with their kids, I want to encourage you to encourage them. Let them know that they, they're okay. This is a safe place to have crying children in the sanctuary, amen? It's not going to bother us because we can go back and listen to it on SoundCloud or something. But we, we want to keep that in mind. So today we're going to talk about spiritual appraisal, seeds, plural, seeds of the kingdom. Seeds of the kingdom. You should be taking notes. Let's pray. <laughs> um, somebody give Brother JC, it's so good to see him, give him a notebook and something to write with. I know we have some extra notebooks. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name. I thank you for this opportunity to share your word. I pray for supernatural divine utterance that I may boldly make known the mysteries of the gospel. I thank you, Father, that through, the, through your wisdom that this word will be ministered to your people, that they will add value to their children or to the children of the world. I thank you for future children of this house. I thank you for future children in this world. I thank you that you are after not only the people now, but you're after the unborn. You're after that generation that has not even come to come into existence. I thank you for baptizing us and giving this church a special understanding of children. I thank you that you got children on your mind. Children are little people. And I thank you that we want to be align ourselves up with your plan as it relates to children, specifically our children. Thank you for the utterance. Thank you for boldness. Thank you for the gifts of the Spirit. I thank you that these gifts are in operation as you see fit. We covet these gifts. And I thank you that these gifts will come forth like never before. I pray that I may prophesy. I pray for supernatural divine utterance. I thank you for these utterance that I make known the mysteries of the gospel. I thank you, Father, even now, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Here we go. Spiritual appraisal, the seeds of the kingdom, raising up troublemakers for the, for the devil. Raising up troublemakers for the devil. Let's go with, go with me to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. There is something special about children. The seeds of the kingdom. And I'm emphasizing seeds 
because I'm thinking when I talk about seeds in this context, I'm talking about children, the seeds of the children or the children of the kingdom. We, we, are, we need to be intentional in raising up troublemakers for the devil. Amen. And I'm going to tell you where that came from. The Lord gave that to me. Um, Genesis chapter 1, that's the first book in the Old Testament, the first book of the Bible, verse 1, verse 26. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 says this. And God, then God said, let us. So he's talking to himself, right? He's talking to the other persons of the Godhead. Let us, let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, let us make man in our image after our likeness. That, that right there will get uh, uh, people in trouble with the religious community. Um, let us make man in our image. How many know we're made in the image of God? We are image bearers. We carry the image of God everywhere we go. Glory to God. And, and, and we're made in the likeness of God. In the likeness of God. You are made in the likeness of God. In other words, God wanted a person to be his representation on the earth. And as a Christian, we're called Christians. We're called little Christ. We're called little anointed ones. So we represent God on the earth. We are called what? The, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, chapter 11, chapter 12, we're called the body of Christ. <laughs> right? We are the body of Christ. We are God representation on the earth. Amen. We're made in the image of God. We're made in the likeness of God. There's a scripture in Psalm 8 where God, where the angels says, what is man that you are mindful of him? For you have made him a little lore. And then King James says, then angels. But in the Hebrew, it says a little lower than God. You've made man a little lower than yourself. How many know that we have authority in a way that angels don't? Yeah, yeah. The Bible says that as we speak the word of God, that angels are meant to be heirs for those who are of salvation. Angels are supposed to be working for you. They are supposed to be, in one sense, don't to get it twisted, they are supposed to be your servants to help you to fulfill the will of God. Angels. Angels are not just... You know, they're there to serve you. And as you speak the word of God, they bring the things of God to pass in your life. Amen. You're not to worship angels. You, you, you are to um, speak the word of God and they are, they are your assistants along this life. They are there to protect you, to protect your children. They're there to go forth and cause um, ways for you to fulfill the plan of God. I, sometimes when I'm praying, I'm about to go to a place where I need to minister the gospel and to a bunch of unbelievers. I, I, I say I sent forth ministry angels to create an environment conducive for their salvation. So angels can create an atmosphere for God to have his way. Listen, you better believe that devils can make an atmosphere for the devil to have his way. Demons can make atmosphere. There are certain environments that invite demons to create an environment for Satan's will to be manifested on the earth. Angels are our assistants. They are sent to help us fulfill the plans of God. And unfortunately, some angels are sitting around, standing around, because, one, most of the body of Christ do not believe that they're sent to help us. The Bible talks about in Psalm 91, he's given his angels charge over us to keep us in all our ways. Angels will block out um, different accidents and different things and keep the, way, keep the devils away. When I bind the devil and I speak in the name of Jesus, angels will come upon the scene and assist Amen. I don't even know why I'm on angels, but there it is. 
Praise God. And so it says, we are, um, and God said to them, be, um, oh, first, verse 27. So God created man in his own image. And in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. How many know that God created us in his image? We are image bearers. We carry the image of God. We, he's made us in according to his likeness. We're made in his likeness. Back in the day, I used to think that he's talking about he made us because he likes us or he likes us, right? But what he's saying, he said, I made you in my likeness. We're the only creations, creatures that are made in the image of God. Angels are not made in the image of God. The Bible does not speak of that. The Bible speaks of humanity being made in the image of God. So we are something special to God. Isn't that good news? Yes, that is good news. Listen, I used to have low self-esteem so bad, <laughs> but I can boldly say that I, I, I am who God made me to be. And I'm not ashamed. I used to hate hearing my voice. Now I can't wait to hear it. And I know it sounds powerful, but when I preach, I go back and listen to the message yeah. every week. <laughs> when it hits Tuesday, I'm like, hey, click. <laughs> I'm set. I'm telling I get fit because, listen, if you don't enjoy it, then I, I mean, if I don't enjoy it, then why should, why should you enjoy it, right? <laughs> so, so that's the way you got And I'm not talking about being prideful. I'm talking about uh, um, appreciating what God has given you. Acknowledging every good thing that God has placed inside of you. Amen. Amen. That's in Philemon, by the way, for those who, I know, it's a scripture. Philemon, read the whole chapter, Amen. the whole book. It's just one chapter. Um, you'll see that Paul talks about acknowledging every good thing that is in you. You need to acknowledge the things that God has given you and not be ashamed. At one point I was ashamed, but now I'm here to display the grace of God and let it forth, let my light so shine before humanity so they can bless the Father who has blessed me. Amen. They may glorify the Father who is in heaven. And so when you magnify who you are and you walk in your authority and walk in who God made you to be, then he is glorified. Amen. He doesn't need, he doesn't want timid saints. And as a parent, you can't be timid. You should not be afraid of your children and you should not be afraid of the devil. Amen. Amen. You got a child who's cussing, you ain't going to cuss up in here. <laughs> You're not going to cuss me out because the Bible says he that cusses parents will the Lord will blow out his candle. <laughs> That's in Proverbs. So you want your candle blown out? Curse me. <laughs> Amen. I don't know who's that for, but that's somebody. Somebody going to listen to it <laughs> and get blessed. Like, let me stop cussing. The reason why some people die early is because they cussing out the parents. Mm -hmm. It will shorten your life. There's something about authority. Anyway, go back. So God. Created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Who's your creator? God is. Who are we? We are the images of God. Image. We are the image of God. God's image is on the inside of us. We're, he, he's our reflection. He, when he looks at us, he should see himself. Amen. Not saying that he's in our shape. But in our, spiritually speaking, we are on the same class as God. Now, I'm saying that we're God. What I am saying is that we are in the God class. We are spiritual beings. And in John 4, 24, he says, and they that worship God must worship him in spirit and truth because God is spirit. They, animals don't have spirits, <laughs> but we do. We are spirits. I like what Dr. Miles Moreau says. He says, um, we're not uh, we don't have spirits. We are a spirit. Mm -hmm. You're not what you have. You are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. None of this is on, in my notes. Verse 28. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of, the, of, all, of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. So we see verse 28 and it says, God says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and, and have dominion. God expects us to have dominion. Mm -hmm. He expects us to have authority. 
Too many Christians don't have authority. They don't take their rightful place. Take your rightful place. Rise up, man of God. Rise up, woman of God, and take your rightful place in the kingdom of God. Take your rightful place in this world. Amen. Don't, don't be timid. <laughs> you know, glory to God. When somebody says, you did good today, you preach good, praise God. Amen. Back in the day, we're like, oh, no, oh, glory goes to God. No, that's, that's false humility, which is pride. Shyness is a type of pride. I'm just so shy. I just, I just think I'll play the background. Not if God told you to go up and be in front. Don't stop trying to play the background when God says, "Come up, for, for, come front, come up, come forth." Don't you don't put yourself up there. But if God calls you up front, that's where you need to go. I'm telling you, a weak Christian, someone who's timid and and just don't want to take their place. You can't add value to people. Take your place. Stop, stop, and this is going to hit somebody. Stop being your ch child's friend and be their parent. Amen. Amen. They need parenting, not friendship right now. Yes. You got to teach them. You got to correct them. Sometimes friendships can be, you can get so familiar where they don't respect you and honor you. So you got to direct them. You got to be the parent to them. Amen. Amen. Take your place. Take your dominion. Take, be, be the person that God wants you to become. Amen. Go to uh, Malachi chapter 2. Malachi chapter 2. It looks like I'm not going to get through all this, but it's all good. We're going we're gonna to try our best to get as much as we can. Malachi chapter 2. We're talking about spiritual appraisal, the seeds of the kingdom. The seeds of the kingdom. Uh, Malachi chapter 2, the last book of the Old Testament, Matthew chapter 2, Malachi chapter 2, verse 13 says this, and this, this second thing you do, you cover the Lord's altar with tears, with weeping and groaning because he no longer regards the offerings or the offering or the accepts it with favor from your hand. But you say, why does he not? Because the Lord was witness between you and the wife of your youth to whom you have been faithless, though she is your companion, your wife by covenant. Did he not make them one with a portion of the spirit in their union? What was this one God seeking? Godly offspring. So guard yourselves in your spirit and let none of you be faithless to the wife of your youth. For the man who does not love his wife but divorces her, says the Lord, the God of Israel covers his garment with violence, says the Lord of hosts. So guard yourselves in your spirit and do not be faithless. So here the Lord is rebuking the people of God from being faithless to their spouse. But I want to emphasize this, and if you jump down to verse 15, did he not make them one? So you're really not supposed to be so close to anybody. The, the closest you can get to someone is with is really supposed to be within covenant marriage, right? The covenant. And he says, with a portion of the spirit in their union, a portion of his spirit in their union, what was the one God seeking? So a total manifestation of the oneness of a husband and a wife is their children you see the manifestation of the oneness with a child coming forth. You can see the husband, you can see the wife, right, in that child. That is the manifestation of the oneness. As a result, now, uh, that, that's in the general sense. We know that sometimes people get married and they have problems in conceiving, right? There, there's a lot of that. And we prayed for several people to, 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 to conceive and bring forth. I'm not speaking, and, and then God has made provision for those couples sometimes, is to, to adopt. Amen? That there's some children that are in need of parenting. They need parents, and they're in, in the system, and they need to be adopted. And, and what a wonderful way to display the gospel by adopting children. Amen. So God is a God of adoption. He adopted you and I. We're, we're, we're adopted in the family of God. We were not originally part of the covenant, but he adopted us. So he displayed for us what other parents could be doing. Amen. Amen. That's good, right? 
Uh, so, so don't be afraid to adopt. Sometimes people are afraid to adopt. But, but, but maybe the, the couple that cannot conceive, maybe the Lord is moving on your heart because there are more children than there are parents willing to take them. And sometimes I've seen just my observation, have no research, and if you're looking for all that, you need to go somewhere else. But what I've seen is when some, the womb is closed, when they go to adopt, the womb opens up. I've seen that again and again and again and again. More times than not, I've seen the womb open up supernaturally because that's something that happens. You're about to take a person into your family. You're about to make them your own. You're about to give them your last name. You're about to give them your inheritance. Come on. There's something that happens supernaturally with a parent adopts a child. Glory to God. I don't know why I'm on this. I'm, not, I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. That adoption, the spirit of adoption. And no longer are we estranged from God, but now we are part of the covenant wealth of Israel. And so here, this, this tells us that God is after something. What was the one God, verse 15, latter part, and what was the one God seeking? God was seeking godly offsprings. So one of the main reasons why God causes a man and a woman to be in covenant in marriage is for children. That went over pretty well. <laughs> so you mean to tell me he wants us to get married so we can have children? Absolutely. One of the reasons why God calls husbands and wife to be together, I didn't say the only, one of the reasons is to produce children. We see that from Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Be fruitful and multiply. Sometimes I've seen in, in premarital counseling, I've seen where there was a resistance, where the, 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 one of the spouse will say, or one of the couples, um, one of the um, individuals who are about to be married, they will say, but that's not talking about children. And I've seen a resistance to that. We have to be careful of that. It's clear that he's talking about children in Genesis 1.26. He's not only talking about children, and sometimes we like to spiritualize, and it says he wants us to be fruitful and multiply in our careers and business. And, and yeah, 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 but he wants you to have some children if you can, if you can. How many? That's between you and God and your spouse, and that's for you to get the mind of God. But what I am saying is if you're young enough and you are coming together in marriage, God expects he's seeking something. He's not just seeking your holy, uh, he's not just seeking your happiness. Perhaps he puts you together to make you holy. Not so much to make you happy. <laughs> he, he, he wants your holiness. That's what he's after. And as a result, you'll be happy. <laughs> You know, I know that, the, that there's a saying, it's happy wife, happy life. No, happy God, happy life. You know, my, my job is not to make her happy. My job is to make God happy. And when I make him happy, then I can make her happy. Amen. Amen. And so that's the one God, the one God is seeking after. He's seeking after children. He's seeking after holiness. He'll put you together with somebody who will bring Jesus out of you. <laughs> Amen. You'll find out what's inside of you. And I've seen some who, who, who think they're great parents, they're great fathers, specifically fathers, but they're horrible husbands. You cannot be a great father and be a horrible husband. It's impossible. You cannot be a great mother and be a horrible wife. It doesn't work that way. And if you have baby mamas and baby fathers, you need to be well. You need to. You cannot come against that other parent and expect God to bless you. Amen. 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 Oh, I'm a great father, but a horrible husband. No, you're just a horrible person. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, 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 no. See, because that God connects that parent and the children together. You can't. You can't damn my mom and love me as my father. Uh huh. And so, so, so you can't bring up uh, how horrible they are and expect me to respect you and to honor you when this woman is laboring for me and working nine to five, two or three jobs trying to put me through school. Come on, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> praise God. None of that is in my notes. 
<laughs> so God is seeking, God is seeking godly children, godly offsprings. Amen. Amen. You can't, children will do in extreme what they see their parents do in moderation. Children will do in extreme what they see their parents do in moderation. The one God was the one God was seeking in the union of a man and a woman is godly offsprings. Children, I like to say, say, submit this to you. Children are really the wealthy places of the church. They're the wealthy places of the church. It is the future of the church, the children. And certain religions, they are, what I've read years ago, is that they are having children for the sake of passing their religion on. In certain countries, let's have a lot of children so we can secure our ideologies about who God is. How much more should believers do? We should have children on purpose if you can, if you're young enough, right? I, mean, I grant if you get married, you're 80 years old, and you know what I'm saying? I mean, though there was a person who was 95 who, who got pregnant, who got somebody pregnant, right? Who, I guess I imagine the woman was 50, all right? I don't know. Who knows? But there was a story that was is out there, and you can look it up on the internet. He was 95 years old, and he confessed to his priest that, oh, I got somebody pregnant at 95. I mean, it, I guess it is possible, right? It is possible because I have an uncle who is doing something like that, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> and it, <laughs> so, so we see, we see that um, God is seeking children. He's seeking. So the wealthy place of the church is children, right? We, we, we need to think about that. Children are gardens. The seeds we plant in them will grow. The law of sowing and reaping. That this is a real law, sowing and reaping. It's financially. Some of y'all have and are experiencing the financial blessing of sowing. Amen. When you sow, you'll reap. Amen. Uh, one of the things I had in my mind when I got, uh, when I was little and my mom taught me about sowing and reaping is I better sow some good seeds so I can reap a good harvest. Amen. So I'm not going to rebel in my teenage years so I can have a good harvest. Come on. I, you got to think about sowing and reaping. What I do to others will be done unto me. I don't believe in karma. I believe in law, sowing and reaping, which is beyond karma. And you know what I'm saying? I believe that if you sow, you'll reap. You'll sow kindness, you'll reap kindness. You sow love, you'll reap love. You sow friendships. I don't have any friends because you didn't sow friendship. You got to sow friendship. He that has friends must first show himself friendly. So that Bible tells us how to have friends. You have all the friends you could handle by showing yourself friendly. Somebody accused me of not, never meeting a stranger. I don't know how true that is. I meet strangers, danger. <laughs> but I want you to, I want to encourage you, sow friendships and you'll have them. You have an abundance. Everything is seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. Everything is seed time and harvest. You sow, you'll reap. You sow kindness, you sow words of love, you'll reap love, words of love. Come on. You sow comfort, you'll reap comfort. You sow, you sow fear, you'll reap fear. You sow gossip, you'll reap gossip. Come on. Everything is sowing and reaping. Whatever you sow, that's your reap. And some of us need to call crop failure on the things that we have sown. I, I call it dead. Do not come back in Jesus' name. The blood of Jesus is against you. I call you crop fell. You will fail in Jesus' name. Amen? But there is a law of sowing and reaping. Let's continue. And so what you sow into your children, that's what you'll reap. The word of God is seed. When you plant the seed of his word, you can expect a harvest. Seeds of faith. Seeds of doubt. Seeds of fear. Seeds of low self-esteem, seeds of God's ability. Don't, call, don't sow seeds of doubt into your children. Don't call them dumb and stupid. Amen. You're smart. You can do this. I heard one young man of God say, he says, I don't allow my children to say can't. That, that's like a curse word. Uh, you can and you will. You don't call your kids, even if it's, you're facing, in a, um, you're facing impossibilities, you call them, you can do this. 
God's given you the grace to do this. You can understand this. You may think this is harm, um, harm uh, uh, bitter or maybe harsh, I should say. My mom, I remember one time I, w- I was struggling with fractions and I, I had, my mom worked, she worked a lot at night when she was a single mom. And this particular night, um, I just couldn't get fractions. I was tired. I didn't do the homework. And so she woke me up <laughs> and made me do the homework. It, was, it had to be 9.30 or 10. She got off at 9. And <clears throat> this might be harsh. And so I, I'm half asleep, and, and I, I just couldn't get fractions. And she's like, you're going to get those fractions. Stop being lazy. I just, I can't do it. And I think she whipped me. I think she spanked me. Oh, no, what happened? I understood. <laughs> I'm not justifying spanking for that reason. I know we're in 2021. But that spanking, whatever it was, it, it woke up some brain cells. And I understood the fractions. And from that day to this day, I can teach fractions. That is a true story. I'm not telling you to go whip your kids when they don't understand, but I want you to know something kicked inside of me, something that was an enlightenment. And I did praise the Lord help me because I don't want to get a spanking. <laughs> uh, please don't let her beat me anymore. And all of a sudden, I understood. I, I, I got That is a true story. You want to sow seeds of, of, of love and, and, and self-assurance and seeds of, that they believe in themselves. Yeah, I, I, you know, the, the, the greatest love of all, right? The, so, the song, and I, I, at one t- point I was really harsh on that song, but I realized it, it's, it's, it's a song of encouragement. It's a song of in, uh, acknowledging what's inside him, you know, a, a song of, of self-love. You can't really love yourself without loving God, right? So you love God, and God help you love yourself. And as you love yourself, you can love your neighbor as yourself. But true self-love is, is love of God. I receive his love, I give it back to him, and then I can love myself properly. God never tells us to hate ourselves. He never tells us to hate ourselves. But he says, love your neighbor as yourself. So as I receive God's love, I love him back, then I can love myself. What people do is they love themselves above all. That's that's (laughs) self-hatred. Because when you really want to love yourself, you love God first. And, and first you receive his love. But you need to sow seeds of God's ability. What you are planting in your children will reap a harvest. Be careful of the words that you speak to your children. Don't just say anything, anything to your child. Speak words of life. Speak words of success. Plant seeds of life on the inside of them. Amen. Um, I remember, and this is, remember I told you, raise up troublemakers for the devil. I remember when Courtney was pregnant with Declan. And I got these words from the Lord. And I heard these words as we were laying down. I heard trouble. And so first time I heard trouble, I was like, okay, God, you're trying to tell me this kid is going to cause us some trouble. So you're preparing us. That's what I thought. I heard these words, trouble, trouble. Trouble shall he be to the enemy. And that came up out of my spirit. And so this morning, as I was getting ready to come to church, he came in my study. I said, and you will be trouble to the enemy. He was like, I don't want to be trouble to the enemy. (laughs) You're going to be troublemaker to the enemy. I don't want to be a troublemaker. No, you're going to be a troublemaker to the devil. And I laid my hands on him, and I asked the Lord to make him an intercessor. I made, his name means man of prayer. Declan means man of prayer. And so I said, Lord, make him an intercessor. Lord, make him a, a mighty instrument of righteousness. And I laid my hands on him. And I said, God, I commit his days to you. He'll have a beautiful wife, and they'll have lots of children, and he'll be good to all of his children, and he'll be able to provide. He'll be healthy, wealthy, and successful. And above all, he'll be a godly man. How many know you need to speak those things over your children? We don't do enough of that. Lay hands on your children. Jesus, there is a blessing in the laying of the hands. 
There's something that happens. Something supernaturally happens. Jesus says, do not forbid them to come, but lay your hands on your children. At nighttime when they're sleeping in la-la land, you go in there, you say, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus over them. And I, I speak life and I speak against every, um, a bloodline curse in Jesus' name. And I break the assignments of the enemy. They will not be inclined to steal and lie. And I bind and I command it to go from them. And I break the power. You need to do that. Don't wait until they get teenagers. Don't wait till they get in trouble. Do it before. Foresee. Be a prudent man. Because a prudent man will foresee trouble and hide himself. Hide your child in the shadow of the almighty God. Hide them children in the, in the name of Jesus. The Bible says the, um, the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and are safe. So wrap your children in the name of Jesus. Amen. Teach them who they are in Christ. Teach them who they are. Teach how that they're strong and let them know who they are. I know who I am and I'll never be confused about my identity. I'll never be a follower. I follow Jesus and I follow the Holy Spirit, but I'm a leader of God and I'm a leader among my peers. Amen. You have to speak. You have the right to speak life into your children. No one else is doing that. No one else is praying, praying those prayers like you're going to pray. You're the mom. You're the father. Pray over your children and speak life. You need to break the assignments of the enemy. I don't believe the enemy has assignments. You fool. Do not, be de- do not be ignorant of Satan's devices. There's a will. Second Timothy talks about the will of Satan. Jesus talked about the will. He says, you are of your father, Satan, and his will you will do. So there is a will that Satan has. Abort the will of the devil and embrace the will of God. Amen. Amen. I- I'm almost finished. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Let's go here. Thank you, Lord. The strongest influence on your, on your ideal of what a family should be is your own family. God designed us to be imprinted by our parents and to learn from them how to function in our own families. So have you ever found yourself being like your parents? And you said you'll never do such and such? And you find yourself saying some of the same things that were said to you. All right, let, let's go. Let's, let's, let's. Some things are good <laughs> and some things are bad. Uh, so let's go to 2 Corinthians. This is the last one I'm going to leave you. <laughs> let's, let's, second, <laughs> second Corinthians chapter 10. I miss JC. You understand. <laughs> no one could give you an amen like JC and encourage your spirit to preach like heaven. <laughs> you know, it could be three people, but you're going to preach heaven down with JC in the house. <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> Man of God, welcome back. Second Corinthians chapter 10. <laughs> it was so wonderful to see the givers dancing before the Lord. How many know we need to dance before the Lord? Amen. amen. That's not enough of that. If we could dance to other music, we can dance before the Lord. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Let's go there. Let's look at verse three. Number three. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy what strongholds. What are strongholds? Strongholds are anything that has a hold on you, something strong on you, right? Um, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ or to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. So we see from the scriptures that there are strongholds that we have to war with. Strongholds one of the definitions that I like of a stronghold is a way of thinking that is empowered by emotions. It is a way of thinking that is empowered by emotions. There are some people who have a way of thinking and they're very passionate about it. They think a certain way and that is a stronghold. They, they attach their emotions to that way of thinking. You know, the Bible says that as a man thinks, so is he. And every man thinks that he's right. Every one of us thinks that we're right. 
and I especially think that I'm right because my last name is Wright. <laughs> I really think that I'm right. And I have to submit that to the Lordship of Jesus, to the word of God. I, I cannot think that I'm right just because I was taught it, just because I thought it. Everything you think you should not act on. Come on. Everything you think you shouldn't act on, everything that you think you should say. <laughs> that went over pretty well, right? We need a guard. What we, so these strongholds, right? It says how to deal with it. You cast them down. You come against. So that, as it relates to the children, the seeds of the kingdom, we need to cast down. There's some things that we barred from our parents. There's some things we barred from other people that we saw or we read books or were exposed to them in college or exposed to them through um, YouTube. We barred some ideologies that are not from the scriptures. We need to tear down those strongholds. We need to look at those thoughts and in light of the scriptures. If the model you saw and experienced does not line up with the word of God, you must take extreme measures to dismantle that model and rebuild the right one with the word of God and the Holy Spirit as your guide. We must destroy demonic strongholds, destroy ways of thinking that isn't right. Mom and dad, they did the best they could. And, and if they, what they taught us was not correct, we must renounce it and reject it. Husband, Man of God, don't be passive. If your father was passive, resist that. Don't be afraid of confrontation. Don't be afraid to confront issues. Conflict is actually good. You will have a conflict with God. I promise you, it's not going to be like, I love you, Jesus. Whatever you say, you, there's going to be some conflict. There's going to be some wrestling with God. If you haven't, keep living. <laughs> Keep praying. You're going to find yourself wrestling with God one day. And all he got to do is just touch you one time and you'll be limp for the rest of your life. <laughs> um, so we see that we must take the word of God and destroy demonic and worldly strongholds in our lives. Things that we inherit from our bloodline. Just because mama did it. Just because daddy did it. Just because grandmama did it. Doesn't make it right. We got to renounce. We got to renounce things that are not correct. Things that was passed down to us. Ways of thinking. Come against them and renew your mind with the word of God and with the help of the Holy Spirit. No, I reject that. Nope, nope, nope. Just because, you know, some of our parents might have, we just got one look. They were beating us. <laughs> you know, so, and that's not always right. Some of us never got a beating. That's a problem, too. <laughs> so you go to the other extreme. So some of us, we got beat all the time. Some of us never got beat. <laughs> it should be, and when I say beat, I, I, you know what I'm trying to say, spanking, a whipping, and so forth. Uh, 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 we don't need to beat our kids. We need, to, uh, we need to discipline our kids, right? We need to spank them if it's needed, right? Uh, you can always talk, talk out. Sometimes some things are not, you can't talk it out of a kid. The rod will sometimes, the Bible says, will drive out hell out of a kid's heart. So your love for your children, you know, I love my kids so much I don't want to spank them. No, you, you, you're really preparing them for hell. All right, that, I'm going to leave that alone. We, I, but what, what I want to talk about is the, the seeds of the kingdom. We, we, we need to destroy things that are not correct when it, as it relates to our children. We need to, like last week, we talked about developing generational faith. One of the things we need to do is teach them well, teach them the Bible. We got to know the Bible for ourselves. Amen. We got to know the Bible for ourselves. And this is my last scripture. I promise you it is. I have nine more things, but I will not touch it. You have to get that another time. Um, here we go. I'm going to leave you with this. Go with Proverbs 27. This is my very last scripture. Yakupo, I promise you, is my last scripture. Um, Proverbs 27, verse 23. Proverbs 27. Proverbs 27, verse 23. Here we go. Know, know well the condition of your flocks. Give attention to your herds. Know well the condition of your flock. My, last, my, my main point 
is to pay attention to your children. Pay attention to your children. And you really need to pay attention to what's going on spiritually with them. Who has their ear? What are they thinking? Who is influencing them? And you may disagree with this, but I, I want to give you some practical wisdom. Choose your children's friends. You know, no, you're not hanging with them. You're not. No, no, you're going to block their numbers. And sometimes if they have a phone, you go in there and you block it and, and remove the number so that they can have no contact with you. If a person wants to deal with your children and not you, delete them out of your lives. It is not, it's not wise for you to have my child's ear and not talk to me. Amen. 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 You need to respect. When I was a youth pastor, I would always, when I would mentor young men, I would always go and get to know the parents. Let me get to know your parents because they need to know me. Here's my number. Call me. You know what I'm saying? Talk to me. Have dialogue. And that's what you need to do. You need to know what, who's around your children, what they're watching, what, what's on their text, and what's in their diary. Get the diary and look through it. Don't, don't be afraid. It's their privacy. They don't need no privacy as long as they're in your house. You know, invade their privacy because you don't, you need to know what's going on. You know, go in their room and anoint their pillows, anoint their house. And, and I mean, you just, anoint, I say house, but anoint their room. Find out what's going on. What, what, what YouTube channel they like. Why do you like this? You like, why you like this game? You playing with a stranger? Do you know they can trace you down, find out where school you go to and pick you up from school? I need to know what's going on. You don't need, there's some grown behind man behind that screen playing, pretending like to be a kid. Amen. Amen. And so you need to know, pay attention. This is the word of knowledge, word of wisdom. Call forth these, not, these nine gifts of the spirit and, and, and know what's going on supernaturally and naturally. Pay attention to every conversation. Pay attention to every song. Because songs, listen to this, this will blow your mind. Songs are really an expression of what's in, what you feel on the inside of you. A song that you like is really an expression of how you feel about the situation. You don't listen to anything that you don't like. Something, something, something inside of you identifies with the song that you're listening to. Like, you know, uh, stand alive, you know, <laughs> BGs, right? <laughs> I mean, um, you know, there's songs that will speak to our emotions in ways that nothing else will. And so you listen to stuff that you can identify with. Very rare do I listen, find people who listen to stuff that they don't like. <sighs> Pay attention to your children. Um, the, what music they're listening to. Um, what are their inclinations? What are their triggers? What causes them to think? If you'll just talk to kids long enough, they'll tell you what's, in, what's going on in their heart. I can know what's in the heart of a person based on the words that are coming out of their mouth. Me and Courtney used to do this all the time. If we wanted to know what's going on in the youth ministry, we just invite a kid over. That's part of the youth ministry. And they'll tell us, such and such is going to the, uh, to the club. Such and such is sleeping with so-and-so. And, I mean, if we just feed them some cookies and brownies, and they'll just spit their little heart, right? I'm not, I'm not lying. They'll tell, we know all your business cleaning up. <laughs> they would just tell all your business. They was like, oh, there's such and such. Yeah, this is happening. This is what's going on. Just invite them over. Listen, people will tell you what's in their heart based on their words in their mouth. So sometimes people say, nobody knows my heart but God. No, you're a liar. I know your heart because you just tell me what's in your heart. If you'll listen to a person long enough, they'll tell you what's inside. That said, listen to your children. They'll tell you what's going on inside of them. Pay attention to them. Know your flock. Know, know the condition. Know what's going on spiritually, emotionally, mentally. What's going on? Who's, who's, who, who are you bullying? And who's bullying you? Um, what cuss words are you saying in your mind? Don't think that because they go to the Christian school, they're not cussing. <laughs> that's, a, that's some profanity that's, that, that's running on inside. Listen, 
You can know what's going on. The kids will tell you. They will tell you what's going on. Listen, spiritual appraisal above anybody else. I want to bring value to my children. I need to know what's going on inside of them. I need to know their conditions. Every stage of their development. I need to know what's going on. My wife is good. She'll ask all the questions. Tell me about this kid. And what, what is he saying to you? What is he doing to you? You get, I, you, they're, they're, you're getting concepts that didn't come from us. You're learning about stuff that you don't need to wake up until it's time for marriage. What's going on? Come on. Amen. You got, you got to know what's, what's happening. You, spiritual appraisal, you know, sometimes we want the nations, but the nation is right in front of us. Go into all the world. The world is right in front of you. Right, go into that world. Go into your kid's world. Step into and make and find out what's going on. Play games with your kids to find out what's going on, how they think. Put down your, your, your favorite shows will be there 20 years from now. So when they're out your house, go back and get the DVDs or go back and look at some streaming service and you can find your favorite shows. But pay attention to your kids. I can't emphasize that enough. Know what's happening. Spiritually, mentally, emotionally, what's going on with them? What, what's going on? What, what are they talking about? Music, what music they're listening to. Now, we, now we, we, do, we like to have fun, but we don't listen to everything. Oh, <laughs> yummy, yummy. <laughs> I get my peaches from Georgia. I mean, like, what, like, what do you, what, why do you know about that? <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> you need to know what's going on. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Father. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> know what's going on with your children. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Join me standing as we pray. <laughs> I hope you got something out of it. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands. Thank you, Father. <clears throat> Lord, just give us the wisdom that's needed. We, we want the seeds of the kingdom, our children, our wealthy place. Father, help us to know the state of our flocks. Help us to know the spiritual, natural, mental, emotional conditions of our children. Holy Spirit, may these gifts be in operation. Supernaturally, let us know what's going on so that we can help them, so we can pastor them, so that we can bring them into everything that you've called them to be. Deliver our children from unreasonable wicked men strange women and strange men. Deliver us, deliver them from even our wrath. When we're upset and in the flesh, may we not discipline them out of wrath, but out of compassion. Oh God, may we not speak negative words over our children. May we speak the word of God. May we prophesy to our children. May we speak life into their future. Lord, if there's things that we've allowed in our homes, forgive us and show us where to cut the devil out, kick him out. Father, you said give no place to the devil. We don't want to give the devil any place in our children. Father, help us. Just take a few moments and commune with your heavenly father, my heavenly father. And for those who don't have children, you begin to pray for your future children. Go ahead now. Just take a few moments, just a few moments, and you communicate with God. And just you pray concerning your children and your future children. Or perhaps your brother, your sister, your, your cousins, your nephews, nieces, God sisters, God brothers. Uh, God, I mean, God children. Pray. Just begin to pray right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We honor you, Jesus. 
We thank you, Lord. Thank you for the wisdom. Lord, help us to win our children. Give us so much favor with them. Father, that we may win them to you. Oh, God, help us to live a life that's holy and righteous. Help us to love them wherever the condition we find them in. Help us to love them, but love them enough to, to incorporate your wisdom. Father, help us. Our, our, help, our main goal is to pastor them and to, to teach them and to train them and to prepare them for the future, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for these parents. Thank you for these future parents. Help them. And, oh, God, I pray, Lord, there's a generation that you're after. You're after the unborn. You're after our children. And, Father, I pray that you would help us. Help us to help our children. Help us to, to be the parents that you've called. Well, even through our mistakes, I thank you for grace and I thank you for mercy. You help us. In Jesus' matchless name, amen and amen. Hey, high five somebody. That concludes this week's message and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.